the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A sign of the times, next on Times of Refreshing, with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. It's a sign of the times, sign of the end times. But what is that sign? Well, that's the subject of our time together today, here on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. You know, Jesus spoke of the end times and what would transpire just before that happened, but the Apostle Paul did as well, here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 through 5. What will it look like just before the end? A lot like it looks like today. And that's what we're talking about here on Times of Refreshing. Join us with this broadcast now. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. The title of my message this morning is A Sign of the Times. A Sign of the Times. Now, there are many signs of the times. Jesus spoke concerning them. He talked about things that would happen at the end of the age and things that we needed to be watchful of and for. And Apostle Paul Within himself, he began to communicate under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit things that are going to precede the Lord's return. Things are going to happen as we approach the end of the age. And and this book is really, really good. And this passage of Scripture is a good reminder for all of this, for all of us. And so let's take a good look at this. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 on down to 5. Apostle Paul is addressing young Timothy, who is also an apostle, who has been raised up and trained under his leadership. And as he, as Apostle Paul knows that his days are coming to an end, he pins this. And this book is full of great treasures. But, but like I said earlier, It's good because by way of reminder, he begins to talk to Timothy about some of the things that are that are on the horizon. And he says this in verse three, he says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth. And be turned aside to fables. He says, but you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. And then he tells Timothy, as he's speaking to us all, he says, fulfill your ministry. You know, one of the things that I'm always reminded of is that the Bible isn't just a reference book for hard times. The Bible is is a book of life. It should be our daily bread. The Word of God, it enlightens us. 
It surprises us sometimes. It brings conviction. It brings healing. It brings deliverance. God uses the Word of God as a scalpel sometimes, if you will. The Word of God is a, is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. The Word of God is, is something that God uses as an instrument to fashion and form us, to make us, to cause us to become everything that He wants us to become. The Word of God washes us, cleanses us. It brings forth refreshing in our lives. Have you ever just re- read a scripture and then boom, it just came alive. It been just brought, just enlightened your spirit and made you happy down on the inside. The word of God is like seed. It pr- begins to produce and germinate within our lives and then spring forth. If we need more love, God teaches us through his, his word how to get more love. If we need more joy, he teaches us through his word how to get more joy. And everything that we need, God uses the word of God as a powerful instrument. In fact, in verse 1 of this very chapter, Apostle Paul, first thing he tells Timothy is preach the word. He doesn't tell him to preach politics. He doesn't tell him to preach the latest and greatest movies and, and the, 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 the things that are going on that are culturally relevant at, uh, relevant at the time. He tells him to preach the word. The word is always good. It was good 2,000 years ago. It's good. It was good three, 4,000 years. It's good now. Amen? It is relevant for every circumstance and situation. It never gets old. It's not outdated. The Word meets you now, right where you're at. And so we have to learn to embrace the Word and thank God for the Word and be great hearers of the Word and, and value the Word. Because the Word of God is powerful. There's 66 books here. We got 39 in the Old Testament. We got 27 in the New Testament. About 40 different authors God used to put this book together. We had individuals that were kings. Individuals that were statesmen. We had priests. Men of wisdom. We had herdsmen. We had tax collectors. We had people that were just simply... Fishermen, God used them. He doesn't discriminate. He also used physicians. He used prophets to help to put together this holy canon. And the thing that is amazing to me is that none of them contradicted each other. None of them said something that brought confusion concerning something. Everybody that even though they were separated and it was done over a course of anywhere between 1,500 and 1,600 years, they all were on the same vein. All of them being used by the Holy Spirit. All of them empowered by God and inspired by God. And when you go back and you look and you see that all of them at the end got to one point and the point is Jesus Christ. And the awesome plan of redemption that God has for, for, had for humanity. It's amazing. That's why this book is the, is the bestseller forever. I mean, this is the most read book in the world. Billions of people, millions of people. Why? Because you can't stop what God has to say. And for us, we have to see it as such a valuable book and embrace it and thank God that he, that he used people, all kinds of people, to help us. 
But I think the key is, is that we have to keep in mind that in order to be made whole, we have to receive the whole message. In order to be made whole, we have to receive the whole message. And sometimes when it comes to preaching, when it comes to teaching, when it comes to walking with God, there are things that that make us feel good. There are things that do not make us feel good when we read the Bible. And that's okay. Because at the heart of it all, God is still working on all of us. Is there anyone in the room that knows that God is working on you? He's going to work on us, and he's going to use his word to work on us, and he's going to continue to work on us, and he's not always going to tell us the good things. He's going to tell us some tough things, but it's all good. Look at your neighbor and tell him it's all good. It's all good. The key to it all is understanding balance. And so as Apostle Paul is here, and he is addressing young Timothy And like I stated, he knew his time was coming to a close and and he begins to communicate with him. He says to him in verse three, he says, for the time will come. He did not say it might come. He did not say it, 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 it could come. He says it will come. The time will come in verse three when they will not endure sound doctrine. Somebody say sound doctrine. When people will not put up with the whole message. Sound is healthy, is whole, is the complete message. People want just a little bit here and just a little bit there, but he says there's a time when it's going to come. He says, well, people will not endure it. The word endure there in the Greek, it means to put up with it, to tolerate it, to hold on to it. The time will come when men will not endure, put up with, tolerate sound doctrine. And I think it's critical that we understand that even in the time and in the age in which we live in now, this is already set in. It's set in. People are looking for a message that suits them instead of the message that's founded and rooted in truth, regardless of how it makes them feel. And for us, we have to embrace this as saints and as people that really love God. God, I want the whole counsel of God. I want to know about everything that pertains to who you are and what your word has to say. Lord, help me to get out of just being stuck in the book of Psalms. Wow. Lord, help me to embrace, help me to embrace the prophets. Help me to embrace the minor prophets. Help me to embrace the old covenant. Help me to understand the new covenant. Help me to understand the power of redemption. Help me to understand what salvation is really about. What am I saved from? Help me to understand everything that pertains to who you are. God, I want to know you as Jehovah Jireh. I want to know you as Jehovah Tiskanu. I want to know you. I want to know who you are. Reveal yourself to me through the scripture. But what happens is people look at the Bible as just a rule book instead of a guidebook. God, I want to know everything. Lead me through your through life through your word. Help me to understand everything concerning the Bible. I want to study to show myself approved. I want to be a workman that is not ashamed. I want to be a person that rightly divides the word of truth. I want to know, God, I want to take time to read my Bible. I want to take time 
to understand these things. Why? Because their time will come when, when people will not endure sound doctrine. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't have time for that. I, I, I don't want to go talk to them. I don't want to go to those biblical advisors. I don't want them telling me something I don't want to hear. I don't want to go to that church. When I go to that church, you know, I feel convicted when I leave all the time. Well, that's not always a bad thing. That's a good thing. I want to go to a church. Listen, no one, and I've said this before in this church, no one in this room is that good that you do not get convicted when you go to church sometimes. Amen? All of us need a checkup. And if, you, if you're going to church all the time and you're always just feeling so wonderful, after you know you cussed out your coworker yesterday, <laughs> can I have an amen? I mean, all of us have to stop and say, wait a minute, Lord, work on me. That's good. That's good. Thank you, Lord. He says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Now watch this because this is the danger. But according to their own desires... Because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves, he says, teachers. But according to their own desires, that word there also in the King James is translated lust. Because of their own lust. Unlawful desires. So now I'm coming to church and I'm hearing the message. But if it doesn't align with what, what my unlawful desires or my lust or does not a, appeal to me on a fleshly level. Then I really take issue. And I think it's important that when we come to Christ, we realize that there's a, there's a moment in time, and I think it's, a, it's continual, where God has to detox us from self. He has to take self and detox us from self. He has to get it out of our minds and help us to see that church isn't just about me. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about God. It's about who he is. And if the message always is just formed to appeal to me and my, my sensual desires, then there's something wrong with the message that's being communicated. Because God is trying to get deeper than that. And I think he's trying to also deliver us from self and bring us to a place where we really embrace him. And he says here, he says, because he says, according to their own desires. I don't like that place because they're not telling me what I want to hear. How come he's not preaching on that? How come she's not preaching on this? And, it's, and we get to a place where now the church has become so man-centered that Jesus is standing at the door trying to get in. Because everything's about man. Everything's about, well, how is this going to make them feel? We need to give them bagels. And we need to order pizzas and, and let them come in and kick their feet up. And it doesn't matter. No, this is the holy place of God. And this is about God. How does God feel about our services? How does God like the worship? How does God like what's going on around here? That should be the question because it's all about Jesus. Amen. 
And so we stop and we see that when we start to allow ourselves to get to a place where, and I like this, he's, he says here, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. Now, this is so dangerous because it tells me and it tells us that now people are literally hunting for teachers that will tell them what they want to hear. And it has to be a message that is that tickles the ear. itches the ear and it causes a person to feel a sense of and I and I and this is wrong. But now and I've had this happen. Where you go places and, listen, never try to handcuff the preacher. The prayer should be, Lord, have that man hear from you so he can communicate to me so I can be changed. But when we start gathering teachers that just tell us what we want to hear, now we're getting into a mode of self-deception that becomes very, very dangerous for us and will never grow. And this is not what we want. We want to be in a place where at the heart of it all, I just want someone to hear from God and communicate that to me and let God have his way. He says, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. They'll gather teachers. And saints, this is dangerous. The church was never meant, now watch this, was never meant to be democratic. The church is not a democracy, it's a theocracy. God's in charge. Then he delegates authority. And he says, I put my hand on this person, I anointed that person, I put this in person. But then, if the church becomes to a place where we get political, can I talk about this this morning, y'all? And now it's a matter of, okay, you know, now instead of the pastor leading and the elders leading on the inspiration of God, now it's all about what the people want. So now the church has become a big entertainment center. God's been laying this on my heart. Don't, don't ever become an entertainment center. This isn't an entertainment center. We're trying to rebuke the devil, get people healed and delivered, get saved, get filled with the Holy Ghost, let people get to know Jesus Christ and the marriage is restored, people healed and people come to know who God is. This isn't a social club. There's a social aspect to what we do, but saints, it should never be a social club. And then people start going around trying to garner votes and, you know, let such and such. And I like his message because. No, that's not what we're here for. We want God to be in charge and God to rule and God to reign and God to love us and God to correct us and God to lead us by his spirit. Amen. And this is what we look for. But it says here, the time is coming and it is now. You see it now. He says, because people have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. Now watch what it says in verse 4. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. And this is dangerous. Because what happens is people's pleasures and desires ultimately begin to trump truth within their life we should long for the truth 
Desire the truth. But it says here that people will be, they will resist the truth and be turned aside to fables. And so now, even now, we have all kinds of traditions in the church that aren't even biblically founded. We have stuff that goes on within the house of God that God never even, not even said. We have, we have things being established, people being established. And it's not even, and saints, we have to stop and say, God, help us to get back to that plumb line. That plumb line of truth. Well, when it comes to the word of God, there's no compromise, Lord. We, even if the truth hurts, we receive it. And we love it. We got to get back to that plumb line. A lot of you guys don't know this, but right here in this church, you know what that is? That's a plumb line. When I stand up here, every time I stand up here, I walk up here, I see that when I'm sitting over there, I see that thing hanging right there. And I got the fear of God. Tell the truth. Can I have an amen? amen? Let the word of God do its job. And so he says they'll be turned aside into fables. Why? Because people's comforts and their desires are more important to them than the truth. But then he shifts gears and he says this. He says, but you be watchful in verse five. You be watchful in all things. He says, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. He says, fulfill your ministry. He says, you be watchful in all things. And I think this is an area that we really need to grow in as the body of Christ and, and as a church, as a local church. We got to learn to be watchful. Jesus, many times when you read the gospel, he told them to watch and to pray. He would warn them about deceptions. He would warn them about false prophets and false teachers. He would warn them about, about certain things that were going to come at the end of the age. And he would, he would, even when he was on the scene and walking through the streets of Jerusalem, and he dwelt in the land of Israel, we see very clearly people would come up to try to deceive him and to trip him up over his words and to, and to get him to do something that was unlawful. But he was always on guard. He was always watchful. And I think it's the same thing for us. Saints, there's an element of judging that is biblical. The Bible says that we are to judge righteous judgment. Righteous judgment. And there has to be a, within our hearts, there has to be a, um, a righteous, righteous indignation towards anything that is opposed to God. And all of us have to stop and say, okay, am I judging righteously and am I watchful? I want to be able to discern the difference between good and evil. Whether I'm watching a televangelist, whether I'm listening to a message, whether I'm on my job, or whether I'm dealing with family members. I want to be watchful in all things. I want to keep my eyes open. I want to be able to see. I want to observe. I want to do a lot of watch, listening and watching instead of talking and babbling. I want to be watchful. And Timothy, he tells young Timothy this. He says, he says but you be watchful in all things. Watchful when it comes to business. It doesn't mean that you're suspicious. There's a difference between being watchful and suspicious. I want to be watchful, but it doesn't mean I'm suspicious of everything. I'm not calling anything is in, in, in regards to a charge against you, but I got, I'm watching you. If we're going to do business, I'm watching you. If you want me to work on this job, I'm watching what's going on and I'm watching what's, what's happening. 
around here. In church, I'm going to be watchful. Just because somebody comes up, oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. I'm watching. (laughs) Praise God. God is good. But I'm watching you. Because you're not God. I love you. But I'm watchful. Can I have an amen? And, and we do that. We, I mean, but sometimes what happens, and an Apostle Paul talks about this also, also, sometimes people are just gullible. A person quote one scripture and we fall out and say, God, God is with them. And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. You can reach out to us by phone, 925-292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive. Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there as well as our online store, and you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. I would invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on His truths during this time and remembering that God is in control, and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. God bless.